0: Like that. I said, you still think you're still eating a bread and cows. She went, you're not bread and cows. We're constantly getting
1: um, the same for each other. Soon no one's going to remember the name of Creeks, so better do it now. Okay, we saw this film on the weekend in Australia, but it was actually really brilliant. This is wrong. it is indeed. I couldn't not write, I couldn't.
2: what I need to explore. wouldn't Hello, and uh, welcome to episode two of the Cinema Australia podcast. Uh, in this episode, we're speaking with director Jonathan N. Dixon and producer William Eamons, who are set to launch a crowdfunding campaign uh, tomorrow for their new film, Grey Fear, Uh, Some of the words being thrown around to describe grey fear uh, uh, include thriller, horror, grindhouse, hard-boiled, graphic, exploitation and extremely violent. It's the story of a group of surfers who discover a secluded break amongst the cluster of islands in the South Pacific. Uh, It's here all hell breaks loose as great whites ravage through the stranded group It sounds batshit crazy, and William told us during this interview uh, that they want audiences to feel nauseous while watching it. Uh, It sounds like horror fans are in for a treat. Uh, The crowdfunding campaign launches tomorrow, uh, the 10th of February, and those wanting to contribute can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash greyfearmovie. Apparently there's some great rewards on offer. Uh, The recording of this interview is a three-way phone conversation, but I think it's come up quite well. Uh, During the interview, Jonathan mentioned Steph. Uh, The Steph he's referring to is Steph Dawson, who starred in his earlier film Wrath and, of course, uh, the Hunger Games movies. Anyway, enjoy. Are you guys hard at work on the film at the moment? Yes. We're
0: working on it every day. Every day. Every day. (laughs) Um, yeah, look, I mean, look, at the end of the day, man, it, we, we had this, um, you know, since my last film, I sort of took some time off and uh, had, a, had a child and I wanted to spend a bit of time. And, and uh, Will, he had a, a baby as well. And he was doing his own thing, but we kept in contact since we last worked together. And, uh, and I had this project as well as a few others in the works, the system. The Hollywood system, and uh, but they wanted to make it too much like a teenage, um, a real sort of like knight 3D sort of thing, um, and the script is just so much flavour, There's so many rich characters in the script. I took control of it, and we decided to, to crowdfund it instead. Mm. Um, we've you know gone out there now, a fifty six day campaign for uh, before Kickstarter, for awareness and so forth, and we threw out a worldwide casting
2: call. Because that, so, that casting call's been uh, quite quite vigorous, right?
0: Yes. Look, I mean, we, when I, you know, before I met Will, I actually threw out another casting call when I did my, my first film, and I found Steph, you know, and, and Steph, I pulled her out of obscurity, and she went on then to do Hunger Games. She's got a new film coming out, as she's shooting. So uh, I love the fact that there's so much talent out there but those people have sometimes they've either got no way how to get into the industry or they can't get a break and so i'm looking for for um submissions. i'm open to it so yeah it's, it's grown to us about 4,500 submissions is that
2: right will yeah 4,400 yeah. 4,500 yeah. yeah. oh wow yeah. wow oh it's gone gangbusters yeah <laughs> So, uh, so how have how, have, how have you uh, received most of those submissions? Have they all been uh, video submissions, or have you done live auditions? No, it's all been live.
0: We sort of um, we wanted to give people a bit of opportunity, a bit of time to sort of. It was in two rounds. So the first video, no monologues, no scripts. It was just basically you talking to the camera, telling us who you are, so I can see you my character and get a flavour of the character. Uh, that's you. So then, the second round when we chose, they then were given slides and then they sent that to us either through Vimeo, um, YouTube, through direct videos. So they can be we had submissions from from anywhere in the world, which is fantastic. That's great. But yeah, they were all they were all self-taped. They were none of.
1: We haven't had any um, actually like in-office uh, live castings at this point. It's all been uh, virtual
2: self-tapes. Right. Uh, I was reading through some of the comments on the Facebook page last night, and there seemed like there were a few desperate, uh, you know, young actors to get into this film. <laughs> what, what, <Yeah. laughs> what are some of the more crazier things that uh, people have gone to to get your attention? Oh, look,
0: I've been receiving like uh, one girl, and she has sent
2: me her uh, audition tape every day for 66 days. <laughs> <laughs> the same tape? <laughs> The same type?
0: The same type. And then <laughs> the when the second one set that one as well. So I've been getting two from her every single day. And, you know, people get saying, I will do anything to, um, uh, you know, in Python, anything to get into this film. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, but it's just, you know, it, it's that's the way we are right now. So we, we wanted to put ourselves out there and expose ourselves to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We didn't want to be a very private and secretive, you know, um, casting or, or project. We want it to be live. We, you know, at the end of the day, the film industry is changing. Yep. Uh, social media now is playing a huge part in the success and failure of, of many projects. Um, so we, we
2: want to be, be open. Uh, there seems to be a lot of complaints at the moment in the Australian film industry that we're seeing a lot of the same faces over and over again, uh, you know, in film and on television. Is this something that's conscious yeah. to you guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean it's it's we don't have it's I mean you look
0: at you look at T V, it's, it's like a white slice loaf of bread. <laughs> um it, it's you know, it's, it's bland, it's boring, there's no culture, design, there's no diversity there. You know, you throw yourself over into a European or the American planet, even American Cinema is still spicing it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, even though we can't we can never compete on that budgetary level, but we can certainly bring creativity to the table and I think um I think it just because the whole problem here private funding is literally non existent almost and so we rely strictly on government and there's a lot of red tape we've got to crack
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um uh, there, there seems to be uh, uh, this stream of genre films being made in Australia at the moment. Uh, some of them are incredible, and and others can come across as quite uh, dull and formulaic. What differences will Grey Fear have compared to um, some of the other films that are being made at the moment? Well, you know, we were just Terminus,
0: and that was a you know that was a very high concept film. Really, it was, you know, good value for money for what they had to their budget. And you've got Wormwood, Chajambe. Um, but what we're doing is we are pushing the genre because we want to appeal. We're not, we're not just thinking about an Australian audience. We want to be, and um, that's why all the characters are American and other ethnicities. And other, um, we want to be extremely diverse in our uh, international appeal Um, so there are um, we are pushing the boundary and it is look okay we are going to get hit with this because it is going to be violent Um, there is going to be a lot of violence in the film and it is extremely controversial right now but it's not realistic violence we're not trying to be um, realistic we want it to be over the top um, and almost graphic novel like Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, is that, like, you have to, if you look at
1: what mainstream media now is offering in, in regards to uh, violence, it's become as graphic as horror ever was. I mean, you look at, you know, like the film 300, for instance, which is already an old film, and that, you know, now that's mainstream. So it's like, well, then where does horror go if we're going to shock people? Um, and that's sort of the thing that John and I discussed early on was we you know we have we have a high bar to to, to to get up to so we need to set the bar for ourselves even higher than that. We need we want people to feel I mean, they're going to see a horror film and it's an exploitation pulp horror film. So we want people to feel a bit nauseous while they're watching this film to be quite honest. Wow.
2: That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> Well, it's true. I mean, too, I mean in most horror films, you know, you you, you
0: basically it's all about mood, dark, you know, at night, you know, and uh, so we're out in the open, we're in paradise. So it's a complete contradictory term as you would see normal horror. Mm-hmm. So what are
2: the other, what are some of the other films that uh, you're drawing inspiration from? Well,
0: we've got, um, you know, we've certainly got. Uh, hang on a second, I I've got the postman come. Okay, I'm sorry. Say it again. Um, so inspiration from us has been, I grew up. I mean, I'm a '70s child, and uh, and so I grew up, you know, on the backs of people like uh, directors like Sam Peckinpah, you know, or you know, and he had an extremely distinctive and stylized use of editing and graphic violence at that point. So you know, coming from those sort of origins, and then Mario Bava with his over-flavoursome use of cinematography and, and colour palette, you know, those are the sort of things which. You
2: know, where I get my things from, right? And what about you, William? Are they the? Is that what? Is that the kind of image that you've got in your head as well? Absolutely.
1: I mean, I am. So, for, as far as I'm concerned, like uh, you know, I've been. I read this script uh, early last year uh, in, in its early form, and we've been talking about this for a while. And, and so, last, doc, last October, uh, when I got back to Australia, when we decided to go ahead and, and launch this. Um, John has really sort of. <laughs> I mean, I've not been. I'm not as, as big as a horror buff as John is. So he's really walked and mentored me in like, look at this, look at this, look at this. And once I started seeing some of the films he was referring to, and now I have a visual picture of what this thing's going to look like. uh, it's, I'm Yeah, I'm really excited. Wow. I, want, I can't wait to see the film myself. Like, I'm <laughs> excited
2: too. I just want to get things shot so I can sit and watch it. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I guess the big question, why crowdfunding? Uh, where, where has this come from?
0: Oh, well, I mean, you know, crowdfunding is really something which I had been monitoring for over two years, and it seemed a very distant possibility. And then when I saw some of the projects being funded, Um, and that, you know, you're talking two, three million dollars, you know, they even raised a serious amount of money for a short film, like con Fury*. you know, and that was over the top. And so I then looked at the possibility, okay, if the people really want to watch this, and that's how it works, that's that's what's behind, if the people really want it, then they'll pay, Mm. and they will, um they'll fund it. If they don't want it and that's not what they want to see, then it's not going to be funded. It's as simple as that and this is why we went out early and and because crowdfunding is not easy. People just think, oh yeah, you just put your project on and people give you money. Well, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Like anything, you, you need to plant seeds and it takes time to spread the word um, and get the flavor, get the message. So crowdfunding is not easy. You have to, it's not like an easy, um, you know, two-triple of pocketed stash there. You've got to work it. Uh, and it's harder it's actually just as hard because I'm on social media five, six hours a
2: day yeah but the other thing too is that and I've been I've been attached to two other films um that have been both five years in the making and we're still in in that in that finding funding stage and um I mean everybody knows this story
1: especially here in Australia but you know how long it takes to get a feature film from script to screen it can take you know ten years Mm. um like Animal Kingdom is a famous story, you know, like it's tenure in the making, and there's, there's many of these stories. So um, part of it was, too, was that, you know, we like John said earlier on, we're not, Australia's not a culture of private investment into film. We, we don't think about it the same way as they do in the States. So um, we looked at it from that direction and said, well, you know, this is going to be an uphill battle from the beginning. Um, the, other op- the other reason behind it is it gives us control of the, pr- the product that we want to put out there and it's in our hands, you know, it's not going to be diluted through uh, how many levels of decision makers, and being that we are, I mean John is the number one horror fan that I know, he knows exactly what he wants to see, and he, I think, his voice speaks for for what the other horror fans are going to want to see, it's not like he's coming to this genre going, hey, let's try a horror fan, let's see what happens he's like, this is going to be awesome, and so why then take it from the hands of a horror fan, give it to some business people, and then try and give it back to the horror
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, it's, you know, the film industry is about having you know an artistic voice and so forth, but it, it's it's still it's a business. And when when I went out to my agent, you know, I'd done four or five scripts, and he you like, yeah, John, this is we do this." what was in flavor at that time. And so I was then at the hands, you know, mercy at the hands of this guy my agent, I was trusting, and he would then not saying that, because he was almost like the gatekeeper. And so in the end, I'm like, well, hang on. Okay, so I'm going to go totally left wing here and write something totally different, which has never been done before, surfers and sharks, never. And I'm going to take it in another direction. I'm not going to go through the gatekeeper. I'm not going to go through the studio system.
2: And so yeah, that's, that's how why I chose Kidspot. Oh, that, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, so, so did you mention before that will the film still go ahead if, if you don't reach your targets? Absolutely. Well, it, it depends like, on, on how close we get. You know, how close we get. There are, um, yeah, it's going to be. It's
0: certainly going to be um, a very stressful time. Yeah. Thirty days of the campaign. Yeah. Um, it depends on how. If we are just shy, yes. There's no, there's no drama about that at all, but, um, it's only time will tell on that one. Um, they have to be realistic. Yeah. I think, I think too, it's, I mean, like we're really, we're really trying to push to the,
1: to the fans and also to anyone who's, who's interested in, in in seeing this film. This film doesn't happen unless it gets funded. That's Mm. the bottom line. It doesn't Mm. happen if we don't get the, the crowd behind the funding, we don't get the film made. Now that's not to say that, I mean, as a, as a co producer and also as one of the one of the people who wants to see the film, I, I, I want to get this made no matter what. So I'm not the kind of person that gives up and away no matter what happens. Yes. So I it I want to see this thing made. So that's why I say absolutely. But the bottom line is to get this thing made the way
2: we want to get it made and to get it made now, it needs to be we need we need to get it crowdfunded. Wow. Um, I have to say that uh, both of your passion is infectious. I mean, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so there's six days until the campaign launch, right? Six days. Yeah. Can yeah. you can you reveal at all uh, what kind of targets you'll be looking at or do you want to save that for the, for the day? Yeah,
0: look, yeah no, look, I'll be opening. It, you know, we're looking at, um, we're not overly um, inflating the budget. We're looking at 500,000
2: Australians. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, with the with the hope and the plan uh, to raise more, great. because there are some awesome pledges that are on offer. But at the same time this, you know, there are, um, this is a business, and so the, the, the um, pledges are partly around getting the film out there, but also keeping the fans happy.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, so, it's
0: an amazing thing.
2: Yeah. So, um, uh, thriller, horror, grindhouse, hard-boiled, graphic, uh, exploitation, uh, they're some of the words uh, being used to describe gray Fear. It sounds like we're in for some uh, pretty crazy shit, but what, what, what kind of stuff do, can audiences be expecting? <laughs> That's
0: pretty much it. Well, you know, the seventies was a... Uh, they were pushing all the time, and they were experimenting with, you know, with the violence and the nudity and the content, and uh, we don't have any nudity, sorry, but um, it it was a very, it was a a decade of experimentation, and then the 80s was like a a void, it was just like, you know, Christ, and then, sort of, we've been trying to gain that back, and so, yeah, I mean, we want to push it, we want to, people have become desensitized to violence to a certain degree, and so, and you tell me, when the last time you saw a good Shrunk movie, which was which was realistic, but at the same time it was like it shocked you, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I don't want to scare people out of the water. I don't want people to go in the water. That's
2: yeah. the plan. Yeah, it's probably Jaws, but, right?
0: I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, thought, yeah, I mean, like, I grew up. I'm a, I'm a 70s and so Jaws is a huge influence on me. But at the same time, this is not just a shark movie, on that. I mean, this is this film is told in a non-linear form, and the thing which we haven't and we've been sort of revealing it bit by bit is that you've got pro surfers, you know, uh, going in there's something else going on as at the same time so you've got sharks on land you've got sharks in the water so it's about their demise and i don't want to give too much away but yeah it's uh it's line house, it's uh, exploitation um and it's not your typical horror movie right it starts from a place of, of extreme loss
1: and then you hit a place of betrayal and then you you hit the sheer terror and that's how it ends so it's it's it just goes from from one. I mean, it's going to take you all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's just going to rock your emotions.
2: <laughs> wow! <laughs> so, uh, how important is it to have someone like um, uh, Bianca on board? I mean, she's got a pretty impressive profile and seems to be on the rise as an actress.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was with Bianca, you know, in the first film. You know, I, I, again, I, I found her and I, I gave her a small role, but I really thought she had she ate up the screen and um, she had an age. <laughs> Um, and she now is carrying that new wave of, of strong heroines that is a badass, um, and she has a huge following both on online with her web series, and Wormwood certainly you know, catapulted her into the, uh, the limelight. Yeah, I mean she's she's great. We get on well together because all three of us have worked before together, so we all there's a sense of trust there, a massive sense of trust.
1: yeah Yeah. and we're I mean we're so excited to have her on board when uh, we 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 sort of had we went up to Sydney had a final chat with her and and she's
2: Uh, I've got two more questions. Uh, Jonathan, this is your second feature film since uh, Wrath in 2011. You must yeah. be chomping at the bit to get back on set and, and uh, call action. Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's absolutely, you know, making the decisions to spend time, you know, a few years with my daughter. and But I was having writing all the time. I mean, I wrote, I've got, you know, a cache of scripts and uh, even, uh, you know, World War II sci-fi. Uh, which uh, is another thing which we 're looking at doing, and so yeah, I was constantly reinventing myself and, and looking and monitoring the Azure system because five years ago social media has completely revolutionized yeah. it 's completely different mm. um, so yeah i 'm really it 's uh, it's like a burning burning desire that you never can put out in your belly.
2: Yeah, so uh, you mentioned before that um, uh, that you want Grey Fear to appeal to an international audience. Uh, so it sounds like you're going after that market. Will you continue to to want to make films in Australia though, or are you, or are you really keen to head off overseas? No, look, I think as
0: you know, my origins, you know, I, I'm British born, but so I became an Australian citizen because I love this country, yeah. and I think we need to bring that I think I think we can't just have a successful film and then you know shoot off of the seat and never come back and forget your origin yeah. I sense, of I want to throw that back in here whether we're not if we're not shooting here well then I would love to do post here and still cast here and so it it, it, it depends um but uh for me no even though it's international I'm still going to try and involve this country as much as I possibly can at all times, even in the future. Absolutely, I'm in the same. I, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm
1: American-born, but I'm an Australian citizen. Been here 16 years, and there's a reason why I'm, I'm married to an Australian and uh, love it here. Just mm-hmm. love this country. And when you were talking earlier about seeing the same faces on Australian television mm-hmm. um, and movies, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's like. And I feel that even as an actor, you know, you 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 see all you see all these new shows coming. You're like, why are we using the same people? Yeah. So it does tend to want to drive you to a place where there is more work. Yes. Um, but at the same time, like I spent a year and a half over in L.A. last year, and I've come home um, to what I thought was just going to be a holiday after Christmas, and now I'm here for this whole year. I don't want to leave. <laughs> so. <laughs> I really do want to do the projects in this country. It's just a matter of, of figuring out how... And I think there's a lot of filmmakers that are down that... There's a younger generation of filmmakers that are on that same line. They they don't want to have to move everything over to L.A. because they love their life here in Australia. But it's about how do we make commerce and are, how do we how do we make films here in Australia that are Australian films that we sell internationally Yeah. Uh, and that people will go see in the cinema or, or get on VOD. And I think... The younger generation uh, is getting their head around that, and I think that's what it's going to take. But I want to be a part of that that drive. I want to. I like making my home here in Australia,
2: uh, so it's just a matter of yeah, you go where the work is. But this is this is home. Oh. This is, you know, Australia's home. Great, that's really good. Uh, so, how do you think you're going to go handling uh, your dual duties of uh, producer and leading man in Grey Fair?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's going to. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, right now, it's, um, it's all about the producing side of it. Uh, I think the second we get into the next stage of where we're funded and we are, you know, headstrong into it, um, I'm still going to, you know, I think we'll bring someone else to, to sort of walk in the shoes of the producer with me, but then as we get closer to shooting, i want to take. Think what life is about. You know, you got to tackle things that you don't know, or you're not quite confident about, and
0: uh, you know, hopefully, kick a goal.
2: Wow, fantastic! And by the
0: way, by, um, by the way, Matt, we're also we're not using CG sharks,
2: right? So oh, yeah, it's a, it, it's all yeah. practical. <laughs> it's all practical, yeah. It's all practical effects, and
0: that's because again, throwing myself back to the grindhouse, um, all in camera practical effects. You know, once you go down that path of digital sharks, it's just garbage. You know, the audience knows they're fake. But, but yeah, it's it's about smart filmmaking where we're using footage that we're going to obtain in Cape Town in South Africa. So below the surface, um, raw sharks. Where we're getting we're getting outside of the cage, um, filming them in their in their natural habitat, and we're mixing that with yeah with impractical effects um, and camera practical effects.
2: And uh, yeah, footage that we get on set. So it's yeah, no CG sharks. Fantastic. Well, that's a great way to wrap it up. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. (laughs)
0: All right. (laughs) No problem. Thanks for (laughs) yours.